It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review. I'm Alan Davidson and as always I'm joined by Dave Galloway and this week we're also joined by Alan Hay. As we look back on another disappointing weekend for the Dons and Dave, pressure's really going to start to mount if results don't turn around soon, isn't it? Yeah, well certainly Derek McInnes is under intense scrutiny now and that intense scrutiny will turn into intense pressure for the first time in his tenure at, at Pitaudry, if, if results and performances don't improve pretty quickly, really depressing stuff um, at the weekend. And Alan, obviously, you took on the predictor for the Red Army, and we'll get into that in a minute, but just quite simply not acceptable on Saturday, was it? It's the only way we can look at it. Yeah, it was, it was, dis- it was disappointing. Um, the... You know, there was periods in the first half where we were really looking good and, you know, we took the lead. And then the second half was just a non-event, really. Um, I, I was kind of, you know, I made some notes during the game because um, I know I was going to be speaking to you and the second half, I basically didn't write anything down. That was, and that kind of sums it up, really. No, it was... And Dave, I think this is something we've discussed a couple of times this season yep. already is that lack of intensity, that lack of appetite, a real kind of apathy almost from the players. Where has this come from? I think this season we expected this to be back to the days of Hayes and McGinn and Rooney and real free-flowing attacking football from the Dons. And it's anything but. Yeah, it's a major worry. It's very difficult to put your finger on it, Alan, to be honest. I mean, Aberdeen this season have been like a, a car engine that keeps misfiring you know occasionally it works and it runs quite well and then it's going in fits and starts and then it then it breaks down again um so you know it, it's got to be put right quickly yes okay let's not press the panic button just yet because it still is early in the season but you know this is yet another really poor performance I mean just to kind of lay things bare you know St Johnson were bottom of the league going into this game and Aberdeen at home only managing two shots on target, that's that's not good enough. No, and I think, Alan, like Dave's saying, I think we're possibly lucky that it's been a kind of stuttering start to the season for a lot of teams. Or things could be a hell of a lot worse for the Dons at the moment. Yeah, because when you look at the league, we're still we're still up there. Um, I, I can't see Motherwell really staying up there, you know, come Christmas time. Um but it's, yeah, it's just this kind of inconsistency, which is, you know, we've been really, really good or bang average, which is, you know, it's like, which kind of tripped us up last season was this dropping the points at home in important, uh, important moments. Yeah, well, then it was a point that came at a cost as well, Dave. Injuries to Ojo, Bryson and Gallagher, and we can hear what Derek McInnes had to say about those. As well, John Gallagher and... In the challenge with the big boy Gordon, um, fair challenge, but he's he's um, he's been on the way to hospital now. We think he uh, he's got a problem with his tibia, and we're getting the X-ray. Um, he was struggling after that um, to have any real impact in the game, and it's he's um, that one doesn't look good. Bryson's isn't looking great at the minute either. Um, and Ojo, we need to wait and see how that settles, but. Clearly, on back of Scott Wright's injury this week, that's Scott can play central, Gal can play central, and. Those two in there, we um, 
I just thought the dynamic of the team wasn't quite right in there, but it's still no excuse. We still we should be doing more to ask the question in the later stages of the game to try and win the game. Apart from that, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, like selling a very, very expensive point at home to a St Johnston side that we really should be beating. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not all doom and gloom. I think there's, you know, there were signs on Saturday that what the team's capable of. I think losing goal just before half time just really played it into St Johnston's hands. You know, they were just able to sit that little bit further back, and um, I feel like we've kind of struggled again, like when we've faced teams with that this season. I think when it's a bit more open. Um, and we start moving the ball about quickly with pace and intensity, then teams struggle. But when they're sitting right back, it's you know we were just too often knocking it long in that second half, and we just didn't really cause them too many problems. Yeah, this is it. This is I think what we. It was almost as if we were found out last season. Teams came in and sat in at Pataudry and went break us down, and we didn't have the answers. And at the moment, it doesn't seem like we've got the answers this season either. No, and that and that's a criticism that has to be aimed at the manager. Yeah, I I would I would agree. It's, it's got to be his job to find a way to break these teams down. I I would agree, but you you could also counterbalance that, Alan, by saying that with with two international wingers uh, supposedly supplying ammunition to big Sam Cosgrove up front, Ryan Hedges on one side, Niall McGinn on the other, you would have thought they would have been sub supplying uh, Cosgrove to. You know, enable him to stick the ball in the net because we've shown this season that when uh, Cosgrove gets the supply, you know, he, Aberdeen do well and he scores, but that that just didn't happen for whatever reason against the team. Like I say, at the risk of repeating myself, uh, that started the day bottom of the league. No, well, I think the other thing that has been called into question by some fans on social media, Alan, is the captaincy of Joe Lewis that his performances have been affected negatively by taking on the armband? Yeah, I'm not... Sh- That's maybe a bit harsh, I think. I, you know, the goal on, on Saturday, I think 99 times out of 100, he's going to save that one. But the defending before, it was, you know, that the ball should have been away from that danger area and before O'Halloran can get shot in. Um, I think it was just poor defending all around. Yeah, I, and I think... Derek McKinnis kind of said that he's not always a fan of having a goalkeeper as captain and um, you know I think it's you really supposed to want your, your captain centre back or centre and midfield kind of talking to everyone but I don't know I feel, I feel that's just you know that's a bit unjust I, I don't know I think when we come to the end of the season I'm sure Joe's going to you know there's going to be times where he's going to want his points and things because of some of the saves he'll make yeah, I mean he's um, Big Joe has saved Aberdeen's bacon on on many of a many an occasion. Um, I, I think we can ex- excuse him the odd blip because it is it is the odd blip. It will be ages until he does that sort of thing again. He's normally so steady and and so reliable. I'm I'm just really concerned about the lack of creativity and the the lack of punch up front. I know we've touched on this already, but against any team that um, tends to play in a defensive formation, we just don't seem to have the nous to to unlock the defence. And it's really, really frustrating because we appear to have the good players. I mean, Niall McGinn has 
putting some amazing performances for Aberdeen over the years. Ryan Hedges has looked excellent when he's, you know, at it. But, you know, with both of them in the side, it just didn't happen. That's really, really puzzling for me. Is it the manager's fault? Is he playing him in the wrong role? That's open to debate. Well, is it time? I think there's been, again, calls on social media, Alan, for... Wilson and Anderson to start being given their chance because the guys that are in the starting lineup at the moment just aren't doing it. Is is it time for Derek to start making changes? Yeah, well, I'd like to, to be honest. I'd like to see Wilson. Um, I think just at the end of last season, you started to to see, you know, why he was signed by Manchester United as a young boy and um, came through that system. Um, you know, we've just seen kind of glimpses of him this season, so I would like to to see more of him. Um, I think it's just for me it came down to just like, I think the players, players maybe just need to be a bit more braver it was just like on you know, the second half it was almost like take the easy option and play it long or play it safe whereas when we were a bit more risky playing you know as I said earlier fast you know intensive football we looked dangerous and I think it's just getting your McGinn's and Hedges on the ball but getting them on the ball in the right areas you know you don't you don't want McGinn and Hedges picking the ball up and the halfway line when there's 10 players in front of them you know you want to work a bit of space and get these guys on the ball further up the pitch where you know there's where they can beat a man and it's effective and things so but yeah you know Wilson is one that I'd like to, to say where he comes in I'm, I'm not sure um, that's, that's for Derek to, McGinnis to, to work out yeah that's the that's the thing you know um, I, w- I would like to see Wilson personally given a run up top as a, a bona fide striker, either on his own or preferably as part of a a, a front two, because um, I I don't really see uh, the value of Wilson playing, you know, like wide left in a, in a three behind the main striker. It's, I mean, Derek tried that with um, Rooney when he was with Aberdeen, and I don't think that worked for Aberdeen either. No, like you say, um, I think we've mentioned a couple of times this lack of intensity. Um, and I think something that I I feel like has kind of gone unmentioned over the last couple of seasons is that that lack of intensity, for me, seems to line up quite a lot of the time when Shea Logan isn't in the side. He may not be the best technical player in the world, but I think he he's one of these players that gives us that intensity. Yeah, um, he's he's like an on-field general, an on-field leader, and, and you know... The, Fortunately, I wasn't at the game on on Saturday. I was uh, uh, down in London, so that, I guess that's that's one uh, positive. But uh, yeah, you're right. There does seem to be that that little bit of something missing when uh, when when Logan's when Logan's not in the side. Um, I mean, looking at looking at looking at the lineup. That, I mean, it looks a great lineup on paper, but you know, Joe Lewis he's a he's a great leader and a great captain, but. You know, with him being away up at the kind of wrong end of the pitch, is there anybody in the outfield ten that's going to, you know, grab players by the scruff of the neck and boot back sides and, you know, rally the troops? I have my doubts. Well, should surely, Alan, surely a player like Craig Bryson, with all his experience, would be a candidate. You would think so. To, and but, I mean, yeah, it's, I think so. at this sorry, le- sorry, sorry. At, at this level, surely we shouldn't be expecting the one with the armband to be the only one communicating. No, no they should all be sure, up for it. Sh- surely at this level of football, you should have kind of almost 10 captains on the pitch. Quite should be. Re- and there, there has been that this season. It's almost as if the players are looking around for someone else to make a difference. 
no one's willing to go and grab the game and make do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's there's only so much Derek McInnes can do. He can prepare the players once they cross that white line. It's it's down to them. Absolutely. And just before we finish up on the Aberdeen game at the moment, we can't not mention Stephen McLean. Ooh. And I mean, a man who's not particularly welcome at Pataudry anyway. I still don't think we've forgiven him for that. Uh, Decision in the Motherwell game a couple of seasons ago, the assault on Jamie oh, Lanfield. That one. Goodness me! Oh, that's that was, brought back very painful memories. That was him. I'm sure he'd a howler at Hamden in another, in another one. Um, but to get that one so spectacularly wrong, and for the linesman to have to step in and say, "Hey, that that was that was pretty special, wasn't it, Alan?" Yeah, but a fair to play to the linesman. That's why he's there for. And, and how many times do you see that? And you know, the penalty's still given. So. Um, but yeah, um, he got the decision right in the end. But yeah, it was debatable um, when you saw it. Like, what is he doing? But I think it is one of those that, ev- and I, I remember this being spoken about a couple of seasons ago. Every club's got a story like that about Stephen McLean. Yeah, you you would think the football authorities then would actually do something about it, or are they just sticking the fingers in their ears and going la 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 la? You know. Yeah, that that one didn't need VAR. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. So on to the predictor, Alan. Oh, jeez. Right. <laughs> so, Dave, you have the... Yes. I've, I've got have... Alan's and I've got uh, myself in front. Will we save the Aberdeen one to last? Let's save the Aberdeen one last. So let's <sighs> start with Celtic away at Hamilton, Dave. Well, Celtic with a, a 1-0... Uh, victory much more much narrower than, than any of us would have thought I would have imagined I mean I, I expected Celtic to cruise and win 4-0 uh, Alan went for 3-1 to Celtic but uh, 1-0 um, there you go were Celtic cruising were Hamilton playing very well was it a combination of, of both but you know Celtic the thing that they do so well, even when they're not playing well, they can grind out a score. When Aberdeen aren't playing well, they can't grind out a score. No, that's it, Alan. And I think the reaction I saw from most Celtic fans was, do you know what? Back off an international break on the horrible plastic pitch at Hamilton, going into a European game, clean sheet, three points, next, move on. And that's all they need to do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think that kind of sums it up. Uh, it's, it's three points, it's a win, clean sheet, move on. And on to Hearts against Motherwell, Dave. The Goodness pressure me. on Craig Levine. It, it must be, uh, you know, absolutely in, intense. But um, he tends to be um, taking on the the sort of demeanour of uh, Chemical Alley, doesn't he? You know, in, instead of uh, you know uh, saying, you know. What everybody appears to be thinking is like, oh, well, it's fine. We're only a few points off uh, fourth place. But they're in big, big trouble. Big, big trouble. I mean, a year ago, I believe they were five points clear at the top. Now they're languishing at the bottom, beating 3-2 at home um, to Motherwell. And by all accounts, Hearts were very lucky to just keep it down to a one-goal deficit because Motherwell could have won by several goals. They were playing extremely well. Hearts offering very little, looking like a side totally bereft of of confidence. I I went um, 
I actually fancied Motherwell to nick it. I went for for 2-1. Alan went for 2-2, but Motherwell winning 3-2. But like I say, it it could have been much more. And let's talk about the, the demo after the game. That wasn't just a few disaffected fans. There were several hundred people there. That tends to be the sort of thing that, Pushes a manager over the edge. Yeah, no. Well, the the, the chance from the the masses gathered outside Tankers last the game. Alan worse sack the board. Um, Levine's got to be in serious danger at the moment. Yeah, I think when the, when the fans are out protesting and we're just in September, I think you know that he's surely he's on borrowed time, um, and you know hearts have been poor, poor, and it just kind of it reminded me. A little bit of kind of that Mark McGee flippant comment after the that horrible day at Parkhead. It's only season ago that just another three points when he was going on about oh you know we're we're only four points off this and that and it's I think you're just clutching at straws there. Yeah, I wonder if Aberdeen might play a key role in the end of Craig Levine. I, I wonder if he'll still be there. Because um, on to we'll come back to Craig Levine in a second. Mm. On to Kilmarnock against Hibs. Well, uh, I went for uh, 1-1. Alan went for 1-0 Killy. It was uh, 2-0 Killy. Hibs, by all accounts, uh, playing well in the first half, but kind of collapsing in the second half. And we've spoken about Craig Levine being under pressure. To a lesser extent, Paul Heckingbottom at Hibs is also under pressure after... When he first arrived at the club, he, the club went on a, a really good run. The team went on a really good run, but uh, the wheels uh, appear to have well and truly come off that particular wagon. Well, this is next week. We head into the Edinburgh Derby, and it's must—it's almost must-win for both managers. You do feel whoever loses that game is out. Yeah, I do. I do wonder. Yeah, you, you, we 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 touched upon the the Aberdeen Hearts game maybe being pivotal for Craig Levine. Yeah, I I think. A defeat by Hibbs, in particularly a bad one. I think he's gone. If if Hibbs, if Hibbs inflict a you know two or three goal defeat, I think Craig Levine will be gone on the Monday. And and likewise with Paul Heckingbottom Allen, if Hearts go down and win that game, you would you would think that Heckingbottom might be away. Although they've not been on as bad a run as as Hearts, not much better, but still, but not quite as as poor. You think. Heckingbottom's job's in far more danger than Levine is. He's not quite as in with those above him. And the new owners at Hibs may be quick to pull the trigger. Yeah, that, that's the thing. If, if Hearts do get a result, then that's the pressure's you know, bang on him. Um, it, you know, there already is pressure on him. Um, but, yeah, it's, it could be an interesting one. Um, I, you know, I imagine it being quite a cagey... Uh, Derby because it's 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 a, a big result for for either side that's going to walk away with three points so early in the season. Um, yeah. Rangers at home to Livingston, Dave. I think we all kind of saw that one coming quite comfortably, didn't we? Yeah. Um, although a couple of minutes into the second half, we were thinking, oh, hello. Livingston 1-0 up with a penalty uh, and playing well by all accounts, but Rangers just wore them down and eventually won uh, 3-1, like you say, Alan. Pretty comfortable in the end. Uh, Rangers 2, Livingston 0 was my uh, prediction. Rangers 2, Livingston 1 was was uh, Alan's prediction. But, uh, you know, once again, 
they ground out a result. Well, like we said, that might have been the kind of game where Rangers would have dropped points last season. This this Gerrard's Rangers this season look a wee bit more serious. They look a wee bit more together, and just that's that's that is the kind of game they may have dropped points last year and. This year, I think, even after Livy went 1-0 up, I think you always expected them to get the job done, didn't you? Yeah, I think, uh, as you say, last season, it could have been um, it one of those games where they dropped points, you know, and, and Morelis gets sent off as well. That seemed to be a, a, a theme last Not season like when these things were happening. But, no, even when, when I heard the score coming in, it was 1-0, you know, you're still thinking, I can still see Rangers getting something from this just by the way they've been playing and I just say it just seemed to be that bit more consistent um, this season. No, but again, Dave, that one came at a cost for Rangers. Ryan Kent on his first game back, hamstring injury. Yeah. Could rule him out for a few weeks. The £7 million man. Uh, uh, panic by many would say. I, I tend to agree because it came directly after a, a pretty comprehensive defeat uh, to Celtic. So they had to be seen to be doing something to appease the masses. Um, you know, I think they must um, print their own money at Ibrox. I think that's why they, that's how they managed to pay for them. Uh, I can't see any other way of doing it because they certainly don't seem to have a coherent business plan. But yeah, a, a major blow because Kent, last season on loan, I was, I was very impressed with what I saw. Um, he was a, a bit of a thorn in Aberdeen's side and he also played very well for Rangers in general. So a, a huge blow for them. Yeah, I, I would have thought he was... He was he was one of Rangers' better players last season, but I wouldn't have put a seven million pound price tag on him. No, no, I, I think that's probably putting a, a bit too much uh, pressure on the lad. Um, I think Liverpool knew that Rangers were desperate for him, and Rangers knew that they they had to appease their huge support by making a marquee signing. And and well, there he is. Now, Alan, thoughts thoughts on seven million for Kent? Um, I think that just seems to be the, the going price a lot of the time now for players that come out of England. I think it's just, you know, you can see that um, with transfers down there that, you know, playing down in England, you've got an extra couple of million put on your head. But, um, you know, I, as Dave said, I thought last season he looked impressive um, for Rangers when he played against us. And um, But, yeah, £7 million, pounds, probably probably a, a little bit inflated um, but I, I'm presuming that means he's out for our um, trip to Ibrox in a couple of weeks which is no bad thing for us really No, let's say I think de- decent player but I just wouldn't have put him that highly and given that I think that um, I was looking at the stats the other week and I'm going to get this wrong now I should have had them in front of me mm. but I think Lewis Ferguson playing in a deeper position had more goals and more assists than Kent last season so what's, wow. he, what, what's he 12 million? Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, or, absolutely. Or two and a half because he plays for Aberdeen. <laughs> I think that's maybe got something to do with it because um, you know what the uh, the outside world thinks, especially down south. You know, we Aberdeen are just you know one of a, a number of uh, Mickey Mouse teams playing in the pub league, and there's only two two big teams in Scotland. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Boring, boring. <laughs> you know, and. Ross County, St Mirren, Dave Move on from Rangers Before we get ourselves in trouble As we do every week (laughs) Yeah, I'm just waiting on a phone call From uh, Jim Trainer, (laughs) Wanting wanting a wee chat Um, Ross County uh, A late winner Great uh, great spirit and great endeavour To to beat um, St Mirren 2-1 
Um, it wasn't all doom and gloom for me. I actually got that scoreline correct. 2-1 uh, Ross County. Uh, Alan went for 1-1 in that game. But, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that St Mirren beat Aberdeen and now here's Ross County beating St Mirren. Uh, I guess that just adds to the, the depression. Newly promoted side does something that uh, Aberdeen failed miserably to do. Yeah, I do think there Alan, I think there will be as has, there always has been, there'll be a lot of sides go up to Dingwall and come back empty handed. Yeah, it's not an easy place to go up to. Um, you know, quite a few times we struggled when we went up there. So um yeah, and Ross County bouncing back after their defeat a few weeks but prior to international breaks. So um yeah, I think there could be a, other teams slip up going up to Dingwall as well, I think, over the course of the season. Yep. And on to Dave, finally, Aberdeen St Johnston. Did anyone get any points here? We'll save the worst to last. Well, I went for Aberdeen 3, St Johnston nil. Alan went for Aberdeen 2, St Johnston nil. So the answer is no. I, I don't think anybody would have gone for a 1-1 one, one draw. Um, I thought Aberdeen would go on and win the game uh, pretty convincingly once they got their noses in front but then um, from from what I've been hearing Alan um, it was a case of St Johnson were p- perhaps the better side in the second half is that the case? Um, I, and I've I seen that Derek McInnes I think said that after the, the match um, I'm not sure if they were the better side you know you didn't really feel that we were that under threat really I don't think in the in the second half but Actually, when we went 1-0 up, I thought oh, maybe I was a bit too conservative with my prediction about <laughs> being 2-0. But <laughs> no, I think, I think like, um, you know, Murray Davidson in the middle of that midfield kind of impressed for them a bit. Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience at this level, which again is maybe something that some of our, you know, newer signings are lacking, that kind of SBFL experience, which, um, you know, is, a, is an a, a important factor. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, where does that you've got? Have you got the table in front of you? Uh, do you want to read it out? Or do you want me to read it out? Uh, you you can read it out. I I don't I don't have it. I think a oh. certain Mister Mister Shiners is I'll, in front. Is he? I will. Uh, well, we'll go. We'll go bottom to top, will we? Okay. So bottom on seventeen points, joint the Red Army and Mike. Then it's yourself and Andrew Shiny on twenty, Dave. Uh-huh. Dave McDermott on 23 and me on 24 oh it's you is it so it's all good <laughs> I must have misread it I thought it was, I thought, <laughs> I thought Shiners was on top well, I thought I'd um, let you read that and I'd, I was going to be modest and sit here with my smug face alright oh, is that why you asked goodness <laughs> me well you know the way I see it um, I'm going to put my Craig Levine hat on and um, I'm only 5 points off top spot <laughs> that's the way I see it so just before we wrap it up I think we've got to just to keep keep the show light and cheery, we better speak about Scotland, Dave. What? <laughs> what? Light and cheery? It's a, the, the only thing going worse than Aberdeen's Seriously? league campaign is Scotland's Euros. Oh, oh. God. I, I'm, I'm depressed now. I'm going to have to go home. Oh, where, 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 where do we start with the national team, Al? It's, it's not going well. No, it's not. I think we all thought when Steve Clark took over, it was gonna, you know, we were gonna be more solid after, especially after that first um, defeat against Kazakhstan. But no, it's. I think the Russia game was the 
the painful one. I think Belgium are a fantastic team and we were probably kidding ourselves if we thought we were going to get anything from that match. But the, after taking the lead against Russia, you thought, oh, well, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're going to do this. Maybe we're going to get a result. But then, you know, it, it could have been 3-4-1 by the end. I know Maguru had a chance with a free kick right at the end, but we were, we were pretty much out of it by that stage. That was a real puzzling thing for me, like you say, Alan, a really good start by Scotland, deservedly got their noses in front, and then, I don't know, I don't know if, I don't know if they panicked or, or what went wrong, but from, from a winning position to collapse so catastrophically, that must be a, a huge, huge concern for Stevie Clark, and maybe, maybe that just points towards a, a very brittle, um, you know, level of self-confidence, a very low level of self-confidence throughout the squad and in that case it maybe just highlights Steve Clark's got an even bigger job in his hands to to turn this ship around than, than we thought. That's it, I think we, we all saw what he did and made the, that Kilmarnock side better than the sum of its parts really um, but he clearly he doesn't have the same time with the players in the national side um, you would expect though, this on paper the Scotland side looks better than any in recent memory in terms of the number of players in playing in the English Premier yeah, the League, quality of the player, yeah, yeah. Um, but the problem is, I think we've we've got kind of a an embarrassment of riches through that midfield. But then you've still got, with the greatest respect, you've got Charlie Mulgrew. When when he's kind of your go-to at centre half at the moment, because of injury or whatever. But Charlie Mulgrew up against Romelu Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> it's it's never going to end well, is it, Alan? <laughs> No, no, and I, and I thought we were, I don't know, I thought we were almost like a bit naive in that game. I knew it was it was going to be more important after the defeat at Russia, but it seemed like playing so open against them at the start. Well, you know, just you've seen what happened. They kind of, we've got a free kick and five seconds later, the ball's in the back of our net. Um, um, I thought he might have been a bit more cautious, you know, just, you know, the, the mood was down from Russia and, you know, I think if we had managed to, you know, not great to watch, but if we ground out a nil-nil or one-one or something, then it's maybe something you can take on to the next games. But yeah, two-one and four-nil defeat is disappointing. No, well, and that brings us nicely around just to what I wanted to speak about to wrap it up, Dave. Eye on a couple of former dons this weekend. The differing fortunes of two of them: Kenny McLean and Graham Shinney. Yeah, Graham Shinney. Not even on the subs bench for for Derby, which it certainly did raise my eyebrows and a, a few eyebrows amongst the Red Army. I'm absolutely uh, certain. But uh, Kenny McLean, we know he's a class act, but he he does not look out of his depth, even in the very best of company, does he? Absolute class. Well done, Kenny. Yes, once a dawn. Great, great to see Kenny down scoring in that win for Norwich against Man City. Great header. And, uh, yeah, I think I was just going to say about Kenny. I think maybe not in that last game, but when you saw how he played against Belgium over there, you thought you know he's even though we got beat three 0 in that game, you know he was holding his own in that midfield. And I think Scotland looked better when he's on the pitch than than when he's not. So yeah, it's uh, this is you know this this is his level he's at now. He is a he's not out of place down there. No, absolutely, and that brings us back round to. I think what people, and frustratingly I had to admit over those two Scotland games, 
was we missed a Scott Brown in the middle of that park. We mi- we missed a player of that type, and possibly eighteen months ago when he was his best for Aberdeen, people were suggesting that Shinny could be the man to step into that role. And now not even making the bench at Derby, change of management since he signed, obviously. But mm. I mean, is that a possible out on loan in January? Would you think, Dave? He ne- he needs to play football, doesn't he? Well, if he was to uh, become available, I'd take him back at Aberdeen, uh, like a shot. I mean, we all we all thought, yeah, I think that would be a great move. Actually, <laughs> we all thought that he was going to slot in and do do well for uh, Derby, but uh, for for whatever reason, the the new manager just doesn't um, fancy him. I mean, obviously it was Lampard that, that, that came in and he obviously did fancy him, but clearly the new boss doesn't seem to. No, a bit, bit of a strange one. I think we all expect him to go and play, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you, you, you didn't really see him going down there as just to be a, a squad player or something. But yeah, I think obviously Frank Lampard leaving is, um, has done him no favours. And yeah, now it's, out in the wilderness a little bit. As long as, as long as if he appears back in Scotland, he isn't wearing blue, Dave. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Let, let's let's not have that. Let's that, not that, have that. That would just sum up how things are going, wouldn't it, Alan? Oh, that would a nightmare. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to think about that one. <laughs> Rangers would have to print even more money. <laughs> I mean, but it's fine when you have an unlimited supply, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, spend, spending money they don't have went so well for them last time. Yes, it did. It did. So they could be the other Rangers uh, in a few years' time. But it's all about... I think it is. There's, all, there's almost an unlimited pot of money to try and stop 10, isn't there? Yeah, that, that's, 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 the, that's the business plan. They've got a bit of paper somewhere with stop 10 in a row written on it. No, well, before we get ourselves in trouble, Alan, I think we're going to wrap this one up here. Thank you, Alan, for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah, it's been great to be on. Hopefully we'll have you on when it's a, a happy a happy time for the Dons. Hopefully it'll be yeah. better next time. No, I'm sure I'm sure they're just around the corner again, Dave. Oh yes, and there's definitely a lot more sense in this conversation than last time uh, I spoke to Alan. In the, in the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> the the away end at Burnley, Dave. Yes, bump, yes, bump, yes, bump, yes. Bumped into Alan in Turf Moor. Um, Slightly worse for wear, shall we put it? <laughs> <laughs> I see. Just a wee bit, Alan, just a wee bit. <laughs> but no, that's it. I'll, I'll, thank you for joining us. And I have been Alan Davidson. Dave, you have been Dave Galloway. I have been Dave Galloway. And this has been The Red Review. North Sound 1, Red Review.